Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports. And today, we start our 32-part 2021 team preview saga. And today's team that we're featuring, the Anaheim Ducks. Thanks for joining us here at I-80 Sports. Thank you for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure that you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, where all of our content for our team previews will be featured there, as well as on a playlist on YouTube. If you're here on YouTube, make sure you drop a like, comment, and subscribe for all of the team previews that we're going to be doing leading up to the NHL season. And you can also find our content on Twitter at I-80 underscore sports NHL. Make sure you drop a follow there if you're not following already. And if you're already following us, thank you guys so much because we love your support. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today at the start of our previews? Doing well, doing well. So here's the first of 32. Uh, here goes. Here goes nothing. And today, as I alluded to before, we are starting off with the Anaheim Ducks. So let's get into this. So... We're going to start by talking about some 2020-2021 team facts, talking about their record and other ancillary notes. So first and foremost, the Anaheim Ducks record last year in a 56-game season was 17-30-9. So that's 17 wins, 30 losses, 9 overtime losses. That was good for 8th in the Western Division, and it was also last place in the Western Division last year. Now they're back in the Pacific Division, so we'll see if that changes for them this year. Power play and penalty kill stats. So on the power play last year, they were a little bit rough. They were they only converted uh, power plays 8.94% of the time. Just to give you a little bit of a picture, the league average last year was around 18%. So they were quite below average in the power play department. How about the penalty kill department? Well, they were right at league average this year at 79.88% on the penalty kill. So not too, too bad. Could only go up from there for both categories. Now, who are their leading scorers last year? So leading scorers last year included... Top leading point getter, Maxine Comtois, with 33 points. Ricard Raquel with 28 points. And Cam Fowler with 23 points. Interesting here to note is that the Anaheim Ducks only scored 126 goals last year. That was dead last in the entire league. Not the division, the entire 31-team league last year. So pretty, pretty rough in that category. Anaheim is going to look to improve this year. So let's talk about some of those improvements and maybe some people that will be missing from this lineup this year. Some key additions and subtractions. So key additions on the Anaheim Ducks include uh, Greg Pattern, Brogan Rafferty, Danny O'Regan, and Buddy Robinson, which, if you're keeping track at home, are more so AHL-level guys. Not really a name that truly sticks out. They did re-sign their captain, Ryan Getzlav, so that is important to note here. Uh, Some key subtractions here are a little bit bigger. Uh, David Backus, Carter Rowney, Andy Walensky, Hayden Fleury to the expansion draft, which Seattle took uh, him, and lastly, Danton Hyden. So the name that sticks out here is Hayden Fleury after they acquired him from the Carolina Hurricane last year. But 
Let's talk about who are some X factors on this team this upcoming year. So when we're talking about X factors, we're talking about players that are highly important to the team's success or downfall this year. It's the make or break players on this team. So Tom, we're going to start with you. I've taken up a lot of time already, and we'd love to hear you talk for a little bit about this. Who in your mind are some X factors on the Anaheim Ducks? Well, you know, I always uh, go into about how important depth is, and there's two depth players on this team this year who I think if they can, um, you know, rekindle their game or even somehow just get back to the players that they were, I think this team will go far. And those two players are Adam Henrique and Jacob Silverberg. They're projected to play in the third line. I feel like if they can find their games again, their game again, or make the third line an effective third line, I think Anaheim could surprise a lot of people. Because remember, depth is what wins your game sometimes. When you're in the trenches, depth is what you need. Um, I also like that they re-signed Ryan Getzlav. Um, if you look at their depth chart, it's 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 looking like Trevor Zegras is probably going to start as your first line center. But it's nice to have Getzlav as kind of like that fullback guy. He's still your captain. He's been there since day one, and um, uh, you know it'll be it'll be a little bit of support for him. As we know, Getzlav's a veteran player, and we don't know if he'll be around all season. It's going to depend on how well this team does. Some people may come knocking at Anaheim do- at Anaheim's door come March looking for him to help them out. I'll get more into that later on, though. That's all very, very true. And I'm going to hop a little bit more on Trevor Zagris here because, to me, he's the main X factor. He was the number nine overall pick from uh, 2019, and he's looking to play in his first full NHL season, and there's a lot of hype behind this prospect. Anybody who watched him in the World Juniors and when he played for Team USA knows how good this kid could eventually be. He'll be getting first-line minutes most nights and will likely be paired alongside Maxime Comtois, who, as I alluded to before, led the Anaheim Ducks in scoring last year. Uh, If you're looking for a potentially good fantasy hockey producer, Trevor Zagris could be a very good mid-draft selection. I actually kicked the tires on him last year, and it really, really worked out. And I think it really will work out this upcoming year. And... However, there is one more X factor for me here who, if healthy, could be the difference between the Anaheim Ducks finishing last in the Pacific Division and finishing just outside of the top four in the Pacific Division. And that is none other than goaltender John Gibson. Now, when healthy, Gibson is one of the best goaltenders in the entire NHL. The key term here is when healthy. He showed great promise at the beginning of the 2020 season, but after a lower body injury at the beginning of March, he struggled for the remainder of the season. He is also a player that could be a premium target at the trade deadline this season, so we'll have to stay tuned for that. Him and Ryan Getzlaff could be big trade targets come February or March if the Anaheim Ducks are serious about continuing their rebuild and building around their core of Trevor Zagris and Jamie Drysdale, just to name a few. But speaking of those two players, it's time to start talking about some breakout candidates. And we're talking about breakout candidates. We're talking about players that haven't truly had their big break season just yet. So, you know, a person on the Anaheim Ducks like Maxime Comtois might not be that breakout candidate because he did technically break out last year. So, Tom, who in your mind are some breakout candidates for this upcoming year for the Ducks? 
I think it's really Trevor Zegras. Um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, he's been given more than enough time to develop. He was in three straight World Junior Championships, played a little college hockey, and I just think that this is his time to really come out and really, you know, take the bull by the horns and embrace that first-line spot and, you know, start leading this team into the future. Start leading them um, away from the past and away from the failures and hopefully into a bright future for this Anaheim Duck team. Um, I really think it's him, you know. He had a decent season last year. If you take his numbers last year and, you know, you spread, you do the math and, um, you know, divide it out over an 82-game season, he's projected to be a 45-point guy, which isn't bad. You hope that he, uh, that he um, uh, you know, takes a couple steps forward and, you know, is in the 50- to 60-point range. And if that's the case, I'll consider that a breakout season for Zegras. Do I expect him to score 100 points? Do I expect him to win an Art Ross trophy? Do I expect him and McDavid to be vying for it at the end of the season? Absolutely not. But if he gets 50 to 60 points, I'd say, yeah, it's definitely a breakout year for the kid. Yeah, I agree. I think Zagris is the popular choice, but I actually think defenseman Jamie Drysdale is a better choice in this situation for me. Uh, like Zagris, the 19-year-old defenseman will also be playing potentially his first full NHL season this year. With eight points in 24 games last season, this offensive defenseman could be up for a prominent top four role on a relatively good Anaheim Ducks blue line, which we're going to be talking about right now so we're going to be talking right now about what could a potential opening night lineup look like and i used a little bit of my own intuition as well as some other helpful notes on the internet to devise this opening night lineup in my mind you can agree or disagree we'd love to hear what your line combinations are at home but this is just what we came up with today so without further ado Let's see what those lines could look like. So starting with forward line one, we have uh, from left to right, going from left wing, center to right wing, Maxime Comtois, Trevor Zagris, and Troy Terry. Moving on to forward line two, Isaac Lunderstrom, the captain, Ryan Getzlaff, and Ricard Raquel. Moving on to line three, we have Adam Henrique, Sam Steele, and Jakob Silverberg who could also maybe play up certain nights, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. And lastly, line four, which could consist of Max Jones, Derek Grant, and Nick Delorier. Moving on to the defense, starting with defense line one, we have Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. Of course, we're going from left defense to right defense for those tuning in at home. So that's defense line one. Defense line two, Cam Fowler and Jamie Drysdale, as we talked about before, filling in that top four role. And lastly, on defense, Jacob Larson and Kevin Shattenkirk, who was a free agent addition last year for the Anaheim Ducks. Lastly, let's look at the goaltending. We have starting in net, most nights will be John Gibson, and then backing him up this year will be Anthony Stolarz. So... Not a bad starting lineup in my mind. That's not bad. But we need to talk about some variables with this opening night lineup. Now, keep in mind, that's just opening night. We are not necessarily projecting for the entire year what the lineup could look like in February. That's just for when the season starts in October. That's what the lineup could look like. But this is where we get into some variables. What are some ways that this lineup could change between now, which we're in August right now, so a lot could change right now, to October? So, Tom, let's start with you. What are some variables here in this lineup? 
you know, the biggest barrier will be that third line and how they play. Um, like I said, you have two guys who have been in the league long enough in Henrique and Silverberg. And like I said, if they can replicate what they've done in the past, that can be one of the best third lines in the league. Or you very well could be swapping those guys to play with Getzlaff and dropping Raquel and Lundstrom down to the third line. I think that's going to be a big, big thing with Anaheim is how those two guys play and how well the third line plays. And where those two may end up, are they going to are they going to continue to be so-called husbands, or can they maybe rediscover their game in Anaheim where, you know, they really have nothing to lose? Um, if goes right, they could surprise people. If not, then, you know, you have Ryan Getzlaff on that second line. And like I said, come March, you may see a team like, uh, for argument's sake, a team that's been talking about needing a second-line center in the worst kind of way, a team maybe like the Boston Bruins knocking on Anaheim's door on March and saying, listen, what do you want for them? We really need them. Yeah, I think that is one thing that's not being talked about enough. Ryan Getzlaff recently did sign a one-year deal to stay with the Anaheim Ducks, but this was also the first time that he explored free agency this past summer. So it will be inter interesting to see if Ryan Getzlaff is a name that is targeted at the trade deadline come March. Uh, for me, some variables here, I mean, besides John Gibson staying healthy, of course, I could conceivably see variety on the wing from night to night. There may be nights where the Ducks shuffle the wings and play Silverberg or Max Jones up into the top six and bump Troy Terry at, or Rick, uh, Ricard Raquel down. Adam Henry could also be a bit of a Swiss Army knife, maybe playing some top six minutes, maybe looking at some bottom six minutes while also playing some power play or penalty kill time. Uh, another big thing, depending on how good Sam Steele is at the start of the season at center, if he's playing third line minutes, I could see Sam Steele taking a bigger role in the top six ahead of Captain Ryan Getzlav, which might be counterintuitive for Ryan Getzlav's uh, value come the trade deadline. But if Sam Steele is really kind of pushing uh, the offensive productivity, I could conceivably see him taking on some second line minutes at center. Um, the one thing I think will stay steady, however, is the defense. I'm intrigued to see how this defense could look if they stay healthy. And that's the key, if they stay healthy. Uh, lastly, in, re in relation to the defense, um, could one of their top prospects, Brendan Gooley, impress in camp enough to force himself into a tandem with Jacob Larson? I think that that's something that could conceivably happen, or maybe even Bren uh, Brendan Gooley forcing himself into uh, the seventh defenseman role come the middle of the season, maybe even forcing himself into that top six. It's still left to be seen. But... Before we wrap up the Anaheim Ducks team preview today, we have got to answer our question of the day, which our question of the day is going to be consistent for all of these videos, is where do we predict that the Anaheim Ducks will finish in the Pacific Division? So, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Where do you see the Anaheim Ducks finishing in the Pacific Division? You know something? Um, there's a little bit of promise in this team, like I had mentioned above with certain players and if they can find their game again. But I guess the unfortunate part about it is, despite the Pacific Division being kind of weak, I just see too many teams ahead of them right now to even put them in a playoff spot or even put them in the top five. Right now I'm saying anywhere from sixth to eighth. I'm going to actually be a little generous and say maybe sixth place, but I, I, I just can't see them having a better year than certain other teams in this division right now as good or bad as 
as good as bad or bad as good or bad as they were last year. I am sorry. It's okay. I can't English sometimes too. I understand completely. Um, for me, I I really want to like this Ducks team, and on all accounts, I really like where this team is going over the next few years. However, this is not a playoff team yet. They are still about two years from being a steady contender in the Pacific Division. I'm going to go out and say that they're going to finish in seventh place this year in the division. They could finish in last, but I have a different team finishing in last this year for the Pacific Division. But that's no knock on the Anaheim Ducks because I really like how this team is developing. I like how their prospect pool is taking shape, and it's only going to get better over the next couple years. So hopefully we won't see the Anaheim Ducks in the basement for too, too much longer. So for those Ducks fans out there, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and it starts with guys like Trevor Zagris and Jamie Drysdale. But as always, guys, what are your thoughts? Do you agree with our team preview for the Anaheim Ducks, or do you disagree? Make sure you comment down below to let us know. And while you're commenting down below, drop a like and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. Even if you're not a fan of the Anaheim Ducks, we are going to be covering your favorite team, and you can find it in a playlist on our YouTube page. And you can also find all of our NHL content at iadsports.com, where not only can you find our NHL content, you can also find all of our other sports content, such as the NFL, MLS, NCAA football, and NBA content there as well. And if you're not following already, make sure you follow us at I80 underscore sports NHL. And we'd love to have more followers on Twitter. And for those already following, thank you guys so much because your support really does matter to us. But it's time to wrap this up. I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been the Anaheim Ducks team preview.